Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to another episode of PSG Talking. We are recording on Sunday just after the final whistle. PSG go down to Bayern Munich 1-0 in the Champions League final. Kingsley Coleman with the, the only goal of the game. I'm your host Ed and joining me is the most PSG Talk contributors we've ever had at one moment. We've got James, Eddie, Ty, and Mel. We're going to go around. We're going to get everyone's thoughts. Um, but let's first, let's just see how everyone's doing in this uh, really somber moment. We all, I think, had high hopes we were going to pull that off. But we can start with James. How's everything going on your end? Where did you watch the game? And if you want to share any initial thoughts. Um, I watched the game at my house this, this time. Uh, I was able to sit in front of the, the big screen projector that I've got upstairs and uh, took it all in in its, in its entirety. Um, thoughts? I'm, I'm disappointed, but I'm not, I'm not mad. Um, my, my first thought was that we, this was the first time that I've actually watched a loss mm. in a big game that I thought was uh, deserved. I guess that's the word. I, I didn't, I didn't feel like we were robbed out of a game. I didn't feel like the that the refs cheated us. Uh, it was more so, um, in a nutshell, me. I thought we got beat by a better team, and we squandered the chances that we had. Um, so I, I'm i not upset. I'm not ashamed, but I am disappointed. Disappointment is definitely the, the word of the day here. Mel, where did you watch the game? How are you doing at this loss? And uh, any initial thoughts you want to mention right off the bat? Yeah, like you, I, I watched it on the – the TV, the big TV in the basement. And, and um, very similar to James, you know, I am sad. You know, I started following this club the last time they were in, uh, just before the last time they were in the semifinals of the Champions League. So it's been 25 years for me. And, you know, I'm born one day after the club, so I'm 50. And it's it, it was an opportunity. Um, but I'm not angry because Bayern aren't trash, right? And you can't point to any decision uh, of the ref or some set of existential circumstances that robbed us. Uh, Eduardo Galeano, the Uruguay, Uruguayan novelist, wrote a book called Soccer and Sun and Shadow. And one of the things he says is soccer is pleasure and pain. And... Uh, This year has been pleasurable, but this is a bit of this is a little painful. So here we are. Yeah, very painful. Um, Ty, same questions to you. Any any anything you want to get off your chest just before we dive into the game? Yeah, I think uh, like everybody else, this is just it's painful. It hurts, right? It's uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. But listen, man, I think um, there's no shame in losing to Byron. You know, one nil, um, especially after seeing the run they've been on. Um, there's no shame in that. I think the biggest disappointment just comes from the fact that I think we were wasteful, you know, with some of our chances. Um, you know, if someone kind of showed you the buildup to some of those moments without the, like the final result, you would say, oh, you know, Neymar and Mbappe or Di Maria puts those away. And 
it hurts even more because of the fact that you feel like the game could have been different, right? If Mbappe puts that away, you're probably not going to get a better chance in a, in a Champions League final. And same with Di Maria. Um, you know, listen, it's tough. I personally do think, I'm not upset at them because, listen, you know, we gave ourselves a chance and that's all you can ask for. But I do kind of feel like the front three, this wasn't their night. You know, I think that they were a little bit off tonight. Um, Neymar, specifically after being so good the last two games, I think, um, you know, he definitely didn't bring his best tonight. I think a couple of his touches were a little off. Um, and it, it, it just felt like that, right? It felt like kind of when he was on the ball or going forward that, yes, they were making some progress, but there weren't many chances where I felt like, oh, they look good. You know, like I felt good in the final. Like, for example, against Atalanta, you kind of felt the final five or ten minutes, like we're putting pressure, like the dam is going to break. We didn't really feel that today. Um, so I would say that that's my only disappointment. I'm not going to beat a dead horse about it. I just think um, the front three were a little bit wasteful today, and and the better team won. And listen, you know, like, like I said again, losing to this team 1-0 is nothing to be ashamed about. Um, and all I can hope for is... We saw this two seasons or three seasons ago with Liverpool. You know, you got to take the opportunity. You got to learn from it. You got to hopefully this moment, this disappointment, this, you know, sadness, hopefully they hang on to it and they they build off that, you know, and they say, hey, we don't want to feel this again. And they give themselves another chance to to get back here. That's all you can really say. Yeah. And I think Tiago and Goretzka definitely had something to do with the struggles of the front three. Um, and sure. then, yeah, finally, Eddie, um, some general thoughts on how you're feeling and, and the overall game before we dive into it. Ah, it's just one of those, it's like, you don't have any words. It's, you could say it's disappointment, but even disappointment or, or just like, I don't know. It's one of those like out of body experience where it's like your body's here and then you're just, you're mentally, you're just like, you're just rewinding back all those missed chances that they had. And and then you're just living in some alternate universe where it's like, damn, they just put those away. It could have been a different story. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I watched it, um, uh, by myself i like watching big big matches just alone just because i just i just like to concentrate and, and not you know have to worry about uh being around anywhere else or anyone else and have to worry about anything else so uh but yeah it's the same i'm echoing what everybody else said on here it's just you know disappointment no shame i mean Bayern is you know they, they've been great they they you know they beat up on big clubs like you know the on chelsea Bayern munich they, they were just on a roll and and, you know, we put up a fight, but again, those missed chances just, you know, when you look back, it's just one of those things that come back to haunt you. Yeah, even though, and, and I watched the game in my basement, as you can see on, on the TV, and, you know, despite the loss 1-0, I mean, there's nothing to be ashamed about, you know, we didn't lose 8-2 to or whatever it was with, you know, Barcelona, and I think even though PSG lost, the scoreline is very flattering, there was just that one moment where we left Komen unmarked at the back post, and he was able to put it away, so... If not for that, maybe we go to extra time and, and who knows what happens. And uh, But let, let's talk about the lineup first. I mean, this is pretty much the same lineup that we had against Leipzig, except for Navas was able to start. I mean, do you think that Tuchel should have went with Variety first? Um, do you agree with bringing him on in the second half? Is there anything that you would have done? I mean, PSG just conceded possession and really just kind of like, I don't know what they were trying to play for a counterattack, but like, at no point did we see the light switch and we see PSG go on the front foot. It was just wave after wave of Bayern attack. And we had slight moments, but not nearly as many as Bayern Munich. So, Eddie, we'll go back the other way around. I mean, what did you make of the lineup? And did Tuchel get the tactics wrong in this one? 
I mean, I guess he was riding the hot the hot hand that was this lineup that that you know played well against Leipzig. Um, I, I would have thought maybe you know he he probably knows he might he might not know this Bayern team inside and out, but he might know you know, this, the, the type of style that they're trying to play, um, you know, during his time with Dortmund and obviously just being familiar with German football. Um, but, I mean, I can't blame him. I mean, Verratti, I, I don't want to push it. I don't want him to... I mean, we saw Boateng give it a try today, too, and 24 minutes in, he's gone. And and I didn't want that to happen to Verratti, so I think he probably just played it caution. And I think he said it, too, in his press conference. Um that he wasn't going to push it, even on Navas, too, who ended up starting. He's, he's like, you know, it's, he wants them to start, but he wasn't going to force them to start. So, you know, when I saw the lineup come out this morning, I kind of, that's what I kind of went back to is his press conference where he's like, I'm not going to force either of them to start. If they can go, they can go. If not, then, but, um, I mean, again, I think he was just riding the hot, you know, starting 11 that performed well against Dortmund. And obviously sometimes it just doesn't work out. You're right. Um, Ty, what was Tugel trying to do tonight? Yeah, listen, I'm not going to put this on Tugel. I think as a PSG fan, right, if we said, hey, we can get through the first half against this team that is averaging three or four goals a game, we can get through the first half 0-0 and bring Verratti on in the 70th minute, still being, you know, a close game, I think we all would have taken that. Um, listen, this team plays a high press. I think Tuchel went to kind of play the counterattack game, and, and that was successful. They were They sat back. They they did their job and they had their chances on the break. Again, it, it comes back to being you know slightly wasteful. Would I have played Verratti? Oh, it's a tough one, you know what I mean? Because it probably played out just the way Tugel wanted it to play. Obviously, I know right before Verratti came on, they got the goal. Um, but okay, you bring on Verratti to start the game. He doesn't have much match fitness or match sharpness, right? He hasn't played since the the cup game. So especially in a game like this, playing in the engine room, right? Playing in the center of the pitch with a team that presses so high and they, they play wave after wave, like that could be really, really risky. Verratti could have gotten overrun relatively early. So um listen, I'm this game, you know, I think we've we've kind of in the past, myself, some of the team members, fans, you know, media, um, journalists have said that Tuchel has overthought some things. I, I don't think this is on him. Uh, I'm not really going to put this on him. Uh, I think, you know, he rode the hot hand. Paredes, you know, played a decent game. Listen, I think at the end of the day, it, you know, Herrera played decently. I think it really comes down to like the front three just weren't clicking. You know, whether that's maybe he should have played Maro in the in the front. I know he hasn't played much. I guess the same thing kind of comes right in in that situation where you say, you know, he hasn't played a lot. You know, but we we needed to do something different in the, in the front three. I think it just it just wasn't our night tonight, and it, it happens. But yeah, I'm not going to really question him too much on the tactics today. Um, I thought the defense played relatively well. We gave up chances, but you're going to give up chances to this team. Um, listen, I think there were some heroics by Tiago. There were some heroics by Navas. You know, this it, it could have been one nil a lot earlier than it was. You know what I mean? So um, some of the headers that Lewandowski put in are probably going in if he's playing another goalkeeper. But nah, I don't. I don't think Tua got it wrong here. That, that's just my personal. I, I know some people may say otherwise, but um, you know, I think first half zero zero. Variety comes down in the 60th or 65th, whatever it was. If you would have told me that before the game, I would have taken that nine times out of ten. Actually, no, ten times out of ten. I probably would have taken that. That's a really good point. Mel, before we started recording, um, you were talking about PSG's inability to hold on to the ball. Is that because of a lack of a player like 
variety did we need him from the start to kind of set that tone as a, a person who can control the middle of the park, hold on to the ball, distribute? I mean, did we really miss a player like him in the middle of the park? Even though Paredes and Herrera, I thought they were decent and Marquinhos always solid, but did we need that extra bit of quality? I mean, yeah, we're in a Champions League final against a team that's won 10 matches in a row. And the problem is that that player wasn't available. 100% Verratti was not available for Tuchel to select. Right? What, what was available was a Verratti that you know, needed, to, needed to come off the bench. And so, you know, on the one hand, I look at, um, very often I look at the next move or the set of substitutions, the set of tactical reactions that a coach makes as sometimes indicative of how they wanted to start anyway, right? And I think the move to Chupo Moting was an example of how I think we wanted to play, but I don't think, I think Chupo made the right decision in starting the, the 11 that we started because you have to account for what Bayern Munich is and what Bayern Munich has been, right? And so having those folks uh, in the midfield, Paredes, Herrera, Marquinhos acting as, you know, a sort of... Um, defensive uh, libero, um, but who can also drop in as he did uh, a couple times to save crosses as a center center back. I think you had to start that way. And, you know, it, it just happened. We just, you know, this is, rec- we were recording this right after the game, but what I recall, the way I experienced the first half was that Bayern applied their world-class press. Uh, and it is elite. It's an elite pressing system. And, we did not uh, try to play like Barcelona. We did not try to play out of the back. There were times where we just cleared it up top. And, you know, 40% of those times, we were able to then apply our own press. And so I think that Bayern came into the game thinking, you know, PSG has been modeled with this play it out of the back, no matter what system that Barcelona has. Let's see if they'll do the same stupid things Barcelona did. And we didn't. And in fact, four out of 10 times, it gave us the ability to then apply our own press, which I think surprised Byron a little bit and took them off their front foot after about 20 minutes tactically, which is why the first half, I think, ended the way it did. It was going to be about those second half adjustments. Um, but if you're asking, did, did, Tuchel, did Tuchel have a whole other starting 11 he could have applied? No, nah, I don't think that that's reality. I think the starting 11 that we applied was probably the smartest starting 11 and I think Ty said it, you know, we talk a lot about how sometimes Tuchel overthinks things and he becomes a tinker man. I think in this moment he was smart to start the way he started. Yeah, and I think, Ed, yeah. real quick, just to like piggyback off what Mel said, I want to be clear. Did we miss Ferrati? A thousand percent, right? If we could have started Ferrati in that game, things would have been better because we saw it, right? The passing when we were on the break wasn't as crisp as it, as it would have been, but was there more risk potentially than reward by starting variety? And I think someone, I think it was Eduardo said it um, in regards to Boateng, like that easily could have been variety. You know what I mean? So I think the best option was to bring him off the bench and hopefully, you know, in, in, in the future or a better scenario. Yes. A, a variety that plays a hundred percent or that is a hundred percent fit. I mean, um, would have been the better option, but I don't think Tuchel had that option. I think his his car, his deck was pretty much set for him before the game. I think there was really the only question about Variety. I think we knew Navas was going to play. But um, did we miss Variety? Yes. Did we have the Variety we wanted? I don't think we did. 
and then finally, James, talk a little bit about, you know, we've got the Neymar, Mbappe, Di Maria, very front-heavy in attack. You know, Verratti goes down. We didn't really have a whole ton of quality to put in there. I mean, looking ahead, uh, it's pretty clear what changes and additions PSG needs to make, right? You're talking about maybe a right-back for Kara, who did okay, but was pretty clearly overrun by Bayern Munich's world-class attackers. And in the midfield, Verratti goes down. He also has an affinity for getting yellow cards and suspensions. So, like, you can see that midfield needs to be reinforced. So kind of talk a little bit about the squad, where the holes were, and, and how Bayern Munich attacked PSG. Yeah, um, so Ty had uh, talked about this in our in our group chat. He had a uh, Bayern friend that wanted to watch the game with him. I don't I don't know if Ty did it or not. Uh, but I too, I did not. <laughs> I too have a uh, a Bayern friend who wanted to watch the game with me, and I did. I was on uh, I was on Discord, and we were kind of FaceTiming each other, watching the game together. Uh, he's a very good friend. Uh, he was he was a groomsman of mine, so I I allowed it. Um, but what it did allow us to do was to you know kind of talk about these things. I got to hear what he was thinking as, as the game was going on, and. He was talking. He said he was surprised that they went with uh, with Coman over there instead of Perisic. And I immediately said, he was like, "Well, I wonder if if it has anything to do with the speed that's over there." And I was like, "Yeah, well, you know, they're on the same side as Kerr." And I said, personally, I think that if if there's anybody on that back line that's going to have some kind of catastrophic error, it's going to be Tilo Kerr, whether it's turf monster grab coming up and grabbing his ankle and he just turns over and falls over and lets somebody run by him which he did um that i we we talked about the depth i said i don't know who else you're gonna put back there I said yeah he's probably still better than munier but we don't have a replacement for him um and as you said with the midfield he also asked me well uh, is there any at halftime he asked me are there any substitutions that you're looking forward to and I said, no, maybe Verratti, but as we had just mentioned, he's not healthy. He hadn't played very much. So the comments that I made to answer your question directly, Ed, were I'm not sure if we need additional midfielders in the sense that what we really need is the midfielders that we have to show up consistently. Idrissa Gay was god-awful these past two rounds uh Ander herrera did what he did i think what he was supposed to do tonight um i think paredes could have been a little bit better i think we i think i don't think he had a bad match but he there was much there was more to be desired uh with him and i don't as we as i'm going through the depth chart in my head i don't feel as if we had anybody to replace them with um Draxler, I I like him, I did, um, but I don't. I think I decided today that he's not very good. Um, and <laughs> see Eddie down there smiling. Um, and uh, I we we don't have any we don't have anybody to replace Juan Bernat or Carer really. I mean, Levin Kazarla is not usually on, but when he is, it's fantastic. But that's once in a couple of blue moons and Diallo is just not, he's not there yet and he hasn't played for a while either. So I don't know if the right answer is get more bodies in 
or if it's train better and develop better. The the one change that I thought was interesting when you bring in Chupa Moting in the 80th minute, I mean, you spend all this money for a Cardi with 10 minutes left in a Champions League final. You know, if I'm a Cardi, I'm a little irritated with that. You know, Chupa Moting doesn't have a contract. He's gone 10 minutes left in a Champions League final, and I'm sitting on the bench. I, I think when things hey, calm down, I might be having a conversation with somebody. Well, Chupo saved us last week. Icardi put us in the position that had Chupo save us last week. So, again, rolling with the hot hand. Yeah. You roll with the people who got you there. You're, you're talking about Icardi and his personality and his agent slash wife, and I don't know. I, I wonder if that's something that might be a problem. There, there could be some chairs thrown again like there was at some point in the Champions League, yeah, I, I think, remember. Go ahead, Mel. I think I think Tuchel's going to leave that to, to the Leo to manage. But there will be something there to manage. You're not wrong um, because that's how they react. Um, both him, his wife, and 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 and, and Mauro himself. Um, but you know, the answer is that we've said it. The answer is you 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 dance with who brung you. And you know, if Picardi had done uh, what he needed to do to demonstrate that he was the solution, um, he would have been put out there. Um, and in fact, I do think that that was his, that was Tuchel's second um, tactical frame was to start with a striker that could stretch the middle of that defense um, because Boateng uh, was, uh, you know, suspect when it came to his fitness. But we couldn't do it because the combination of what Byron could bring to the table and the fact that Icardi wasn't necessarily trustworthy to do it right now is, was the problem. I think James has hit on a real key point that we'll probably come to later, but I just want to raise it, is, you know, the type and quality of depth that we have was telling, but it's also telling that it really only showed itself as the dragon for us in the Champions League final. So I think the changes that we're talking about are not drastic changes. We're talking about margins, but those margins are going to make all the difference in the world at this level. Right. So it seems like there's a big gap when really it's just a couple of pieces doing a couple of things in a consistent way that I think are the difference right now. Yeah, I, I thought that Byron actually had like two A squads. They could flip their whole team over and they would have been just as good. And, and you know, and we saw it last when they were playing Barcelona, right, where they brought in a whole they brought in five new people that all could have been a starting 11 and we don't have that. We thought we did. And through the course of this tournament, we have realized we have two or three people that could probably step in and be starters for us. We're very top heavy, but our bottom is very low. Yeah. I almost wonder if PSG and Eddie, I can pose it to you. I almost wonder if PSG needs to be a bit like, Bayern Munich and treat Ligue 1 as their own, you know, grocery store where they go out and shop for the players that they want, kind of like Bayern Munich does in the Bundesliga, where they get the best players from the teams and they bring them in. They don't let them go abroad. And PSG rarely brings in, okay, Mbappe, sure, but very few of the players that are in this team right now are from Ligue 1. And so do you think, Eddie, that PSG should start doing that? And that way, because Bayern Munich does it, and they don't have to pay a ton, and the players are happy to go there. And so, 
you know, it's hard for PSG to convince players abroad to come there. You know, it's Ligon, you know, it's France. They may not want to go. They have to pay a lot of money for transfer fees. But, like, should they get more players domestically, kind of like Bayern Munich does? Yeah, I'm surprised they don't at this point. It's just, be, look, look at, um, they got Goretzka and Lewandowski on a free. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know why PSG have never done it. I think the only two players from Ligue 1 that I can think of at the top of my head are Matuidi and, and um, Mbappe, that they've only gotten from Ligue 1. The rest, it's... Is usually abroad, and and I think you've said it. You put this, you know, topic on the table plenty of times. That you said, why don't why don't they go after? I mean, at least have you know, if you can get quality backups or depth that you can probably be confident in, um, that can probably make a difference. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe with Leonardo, maybe with Leonardo back, he can probably dip into the league on um, grocery store. But I mean, it's, it's the farm. It's something that they, yeah, yeah, pick out the farm, and hopefully, you know, start looking at some of this talent and not letting it escape. I mean, we, we see some of we see some of the talented players that that these other league on teams have, and it's just like why, why for example, um, Gabriel is going to go to um, Arsenal. Arsenal. It's just like yeah. okay, we. I mean, I don't know how confident they are in Diallo. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the third center back or, or how that rotation is going to point. But I'm like. Didn't you, you know, thirty million is? I don't think that's that expensive. So it's like, you when you see some of these other league on teams selling these quality players for not that expensive prices, you kind of wonder why can't PSG just go in there and, and try to, you know, hijack that transfer deal or or be ahead since you know they're there, they can easily dominate France with their scouts and and scoop them up before the rest of you know Europe has uh, a good amount of tape on them. Leonardo yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, or go ahead. Yeah, it really is. It really is a conundrum because, on the one hand, you hear all the time about how we're the league that fills, from a talent perspective, all the other leagues. But you know, we have a history, I think, of doing our grocery shopping somewhere else. And, and Leo, he looks at he looks at Syria to do his grocery shopping. And you're right; he's got to look at Liga. But it's also we've got to decide, you know, what. Paris Saint-Germain football is as an institutional system and culture, regardless of the transitions, right? And I think that Bayern Munich has done a bit of that, right? Um, they won the trouble, then uh, Pep Guardiola came in, right? <laughs> and and he did some tweaking, but he did tweaking to what is an institutional approach to the to the game, right? Um, when they were when they had that five one loss to Eintracht Frankfurt, they got rid of the coach because the coach wasn't playing Bayern Munich football, and they know what that is, right? They know what that is, and so I think that's another piece for us is to really think about the types of players that can service Paris Saint Germain football, right? And really refining our definition of that. And I think looking at League One, looking at Liga is is key uh, to that because that's the only way you're going to get it for value versus paying in a way that challenges financial fair play and doesn't allow you to have, as we talked about earlier, two A-teams that can come on and deliver your system. 100% agree. So let's let's pull it back to the game just for a second. I want to talk about, I guess, the, the biggest controversial moments. I, I think maybe it was Ty or someone else said that there wasn't a whole lot of moments in this game where you could say PSG were wronged or Bayern Munich were wrong, but there were two penalty shots So you had in the first half Kerr did bring down Komen. I guess he had his hands on his shoulder. Didn't look like a whole lot in it for me. I, 
in this final, right before a half, I'm glad that they didn't call that a penalty. I, I kind of would have felt the same way. I, I would have felt like it would have been harsh on Bayern if, it, if the roles were reversed. And then in the second half, it definitely looked like Mbappe was clipped and went down and, and there was no call. So, um, Ty, are you okay with both of those being no calls? Or do you think one was a penalty? Do you think both were a penalty? What do you think? Uh, I think they're both penalties, <laughs> I think. But, you know, I mean, um, I can't wrong too much the Mbappe one because it's – it's like in sports, man. Sometimes you get, you know, a call for a call, you know what I mean, type of thing. And I think there was another one. I think it was on Lewandowski or someone else in the box where the commentators were saying it was pretty much a clear penalty. So a different ref, you know, maybe we would have gotten ours, but two potentially would have gone, you know, Bayern Munich's way as well. Um, uh, tough. Like In the heat of the moment, of course, I want them to call that on for us, but... Then when it happens to Byron, I'm kind of like, no, 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 no penalty. You know what I mean? So it's 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 the lay of the land. Um, it is what it is. But I can't be too mad at the one on us because there was you know one or two that could have went the other way that weren't called as well. So you know sometimes the ref just lets them play it out, and you know it, it is appreciated. I think going back real quick just to piggyback on the whole institutional and and Byron thing, the one thing that that, that is different, you know, for better or for worse, actually for worse for us in France is over the years, I do feel like, and excuse my French, but I do feel that a lot of teams in the Bundesliga kind of bend over for Bayern Munich and just give them their players where, as we saw today, it's that love isn't really lost right in France where Marseille's president came out and said, if PSG do win, we're not going to congratulate them. They're banning jerseys in their town. Like, so other teams in France aren't just going to give us their players. That's one part of it. And the other part is, what we have to just be realistic about is that there are unfortunately some other leagues that are seen as better leagues, right? For just talent to grow and to be more competitive. And while some German players may want to stay home and stay in Germany, that necessarily isn't the case for, you know, players in France. I think PSG was in for Gabriel um, and he just chose to go to the premier league. Like if, if offers, I sometimes I think are equal, if Arsenal and PSG and another team make the same exact offer for wages and anything, I think some of these French players just want to leave home and just maybe want to go to the Premier League, which is poised to be a quote-unquote more competitive league. Um, and it may not be actually more competitive. It may just be because it's more marketability. It's more competition on a week-in and week-out week week basis. Um, so I, I think that also plays into the fact is that I see – look at Dortmund. Dortmund has been the team that sometimes competes the most with Bayern Munich but they give all their players to Byron. That makes no sense to me. You know, look at look at Dortmund and if they kept their players like Lewandowski, like some of their other players, like where they would be. So I just don't think teams in France are open to just saying, hey, let's make PSG stronger as maybe not now. I think Dortmund now wants to keep some of his players, but in the past they've kind of just been like, hey, let's just give Byron whatever they want and have them be the team in Germany, which is a little bit different. So yeah, that was just my two cents on that. Yeah, and we were talking about like Dortmund fans are chirping at me on Twitter because they're like, ha ha, you lost. And I was like, well, that's your rival that won. Why are you happy about that? Like, you should be supporting us and hoping they go down. You should hate Bayern Munich, but it's weird. It's very incestual over there in the Bundesliga. Um, does anyone have any other comments on the penalties that you thought maybe PSG deserved something there? And, and maybe if they give both of those, you know, maybe that getting, you know, 1 1, maybe that's a momentum switch for PSG. I mean, it could have done something, but does anyone think the wrong decision was made? I, I think that 
both of those plays should be called the same. So whether or not they're penalties or not, I think is up for debate. But I think if one of them is a penalty, the other one's a penalty. And if you're not going to call one, you can't call the other. So it, I, I won't, I won't, I won't necessarily say, well, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll say I thought Tilo Karras was for sure a penalty. I think any other ref probably would have pointed at the spot. And I think if the sequence that had happened, I think we probably would have got it on the other end. But I'm not upset that he let both of those go. Because to me, it seemed like he was... He was playing it fair at that yeah. point. It didn't even seem like he went to VAR either for a review. Nope. And maybe they were talking to him in his ear and said, we looked at it, it's no no penalty. So it's interesting. Um, all right, here, here's a topic I want to get everyone's opinion on. Eddie, we can start with you. Neymar and Mbappe, they've been phenomenal since the Champions League resumed. Did, is this a no-show from them? Should they bear some of the brunt of the criticism that PSG may get for this loss? Or do you just mostly credit Bayern Munich for shutting them down? Was it more they didn't show up or what Bayern Munich did? What do you think? Um, I think it was more Bayern Munich. Like every time I saw uh, Neymar trying to create something, I, I, credit to Thiago. Thiago had a, uh, the Bayern Munich Thiago, he had a really great game. And, and he, I was watching on the, on the Spanish call and they were just, you know, pointing out how, um, he pretty much was there to like erase any um, counterattack chances, um, and then every time I saw Neymar like in his vicinity, he was just there to take the ball away or at least you know disrupt them that he couldn't create a, a chance. Uh, so I, I got to give credit to Bayern Munich, and, and like I said, Thiago had a really really great game. And I mean, I would put I know Coleman scored the goal. Um, but if you're just looking at it from a pure football sense, I think he was probably arguably man of the match just, just by the way he, he conducted himself out there considering probably this is his last game with uh, Bayern Munich. So he probably had some type of motivation to you know, leave uh, leave on a high note. Absolutely. And then, Ty, more what Bayern did or is this a no-show from PSG Superstars? This is a tough question to ask, right? Because it's like right after the wound is is, is still is still open. Um, I think it's a little bit of both, though. I think it has to go to both. I think um, I think Byron played their game, which we knew they were going to play. I think they were effective, but again, you know, I think we've all said it. You know, we said it in the group chat beforehand. Is we had our moments. You know, listen, you are world class players. You get a moment like that. Um, in a Champions League final, and you have to take it. You know, Mbappe is going to have nightmares about that tonight, unfortunately. You know, it's not as bad. I'm not going to put on the same level as, like, the Sterling miss and stuff like that. Like, listen, he didn't expect it to come to him, and that's fair, but as a competitive player, you know he's going to rewatch this game and be like, i got to do better. You know, and, and Di Maria, too. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think Byron did what they needed to do. They were effective today. They were the better team. PSG got its chances, but... The, the front three didn't show up. They weren't clicking, unfortunately. And that's where kind of that whole thing of like, you know, should should Icardi have been introduced into this game at some point just to change things up? And and yes, I know Chupo got us here. And, you know, you see some of the chances that fell to him. Ugh, you know, does Icardi do better with those? It's, it's, it's a question you ask yourself after the fact, right? We don't know. Right. So it's easy for us to criticize. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying I'm, I'm just questioning. OK, does he do better? And 
Uh, you know, it's, it's another question you ask yourself. It's like you spend 50 mil for a guy that didn't play in the final run. You know, could that 50 mil have been spent elsewhere if you knew you weren't going to play him? You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. And, you know, this is one thing I think I said to my friend and this is a word, a word of kind of comfort for all of you guys and all PSG fans listening to this when they do is the good news is that the new season has started already. So we don't have much time to we that we need to sour over this. Um, in a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, um, we will be back at it and we'll have a chance to watch them take the field again and kind of restart. It would have been a lot worse if we had to kind of sit on this loss for, for a couple months, which isn't the case. So, um, and hopefully that's good for them. They're not going to need to sit on this for too long. They can watch the film and say, Hey, you know, what can we do better and, and be right back at it. You know what I mean? But it's a little bit of both, man. It's not a, Either it's not or. only in the front three. It's a little bit on Byron, but the front three definitely has to take some accountability, though, for sure. Yeah, and Mal, it was, I don't know about you, but it was incredibly frustrating. I feel like every chance that PSG had, whether Di Maria, Neymar, Mbappe, every shot that was appearing to go on target was being blocked by one of the Bayern defenders. It, they just, it was a wall. And then Neuer was there to, to make save after save. And it was just on another level defensively. We just could not get a good attempt on goal. And score. I mean, it was really frustrating. So, it's just you tip your cap to Bayern, or do you do you put some blame on PSG superstars? You know, I began this game with a thought in my mind, and I've shared it. I shared it across social media that we were going to get our chances, and if we converted our chances, we were going to win, and if we didn't convert our chances, we weren't. I did not think that there was a chance in hell that we would be blown out 8-2. I thought it was going to be margins, as I said before. And so we got our chances. Um, you know, uh, Ter Stegen had taken over uh, at the national team for Neuer because Neuer's had runs that have been horrible. But recently, he's been very good, right? And he showed that again tonight. But it's not like he's had a career where he's been unbeatable, right? So um, we, we were off. We were off just a little bit, but we created, I think, four clear chances. That, you know, everybody raises the Di Maria chance. I, he, fun fact, he has never scored with his right foot for PSG ever, right? So when he took that shot with his right foot, I knew it wasn't going in, right? Um, he has only scored with his left. So I don't necessarily pick on him for that. Um, it was just the way his body was angled. He was going to take that with his right, and I had no expectations. But we had three other clear chances that if we convert and with these world-class players, um, then we're, we're in with the shout. And I think, you know, Ty said it correctly. Um, some of that stuff, when they look back on that game, it's going to haunt them, you know. And I think we talked about an alternate timeline. They're going to be thinking about an alternate timeline where those things went in. And, and, I, did, and I agree. Thank goodness um, the season is going to start and they can be about uh, the next March, um, because um, when I, I don't even want to look back at it, because those those chances will gall me, and I'm sure it'll gall them. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And James, to wrap up this topic, I want to. I tweeted out that I thought that Bayern Munich and people took this as a slight towards them, but it's kind of a compliment. They were very professional with their fouling. Anytime they would be. They would tug on a shirt, you know, kick from behind, whatever they needed to do to stop it so they can get back and, and settle in on defense. 
very professional. You know, anytime there was a ball coming in and it seemed like it would be an easy, like, chest down for a PSG player, they would kind of, like, give a little shove from behind to, to upset them a little bit. I mean, th- this is a Bayern team that it was just more physical than PSG, and I'm curious to hear from you, what did that physicality do to PSG's superstars? Did it make them a little shy going forward? Did it kind of put them off their game? How much do you blame, you know, Bayern's physicality for, for what happened today? Um, I think this is, I think that's interesting. Um, uh, I think that it, there is, there is something there. Um, and I like that you use the word professional with their fouling. Um, because I, I think the word probably that I, that is coming to mind is, is gamesmanship. Yeah. It wasn't dirty at all. I, I wouldn't say that yeah. they play dirty. Tactical. They, they knew, yeah, they, they knew, um, you know, and we see this in other sports, right? Um, especially with American football, you know what you can get away with, and you know how to do it within the confines of the game to where, like, look, if you know, sometimes it's better to give up pass interference than to give up six points, right? So, when you're doing things like that, I, I think that's I think that's smart football, and I think that contributed um, probably a decent amount to what our front three was going about because I halfway through the game maybe about 60 minutes in i had uh, when i was speaking with my friend i, I really didn't like um mbappe's body language um the last 30 minutes of the game um there was clear frustration uh there was a lot of a lot of hand throwing um, a little bit of pouting out there I, I thought his defensive work rate wasn't i mean it's not usually very high to begin with but i didn't feel like he was really trying to help us until there was about 10 minutes left on the clock and then he was like oh, okay we actually need to actually need to do something here otherwise we're gonna lose uh and i and i think byron did get in their head a little bit um and that's what good teams do right good defensive teams will do that so um going back to your previous question about you know who did we not show up is it byron? i think byron did as we've said they did what they were supposed to do um, and we, I don't think, held up our end of the bargain um, as much as we did. And I, and I kind of, I kind of thought that it was over when uh, Mbappe was offsides, and he took that chance at goal and still couldn't put it in. And I was like, oh well, he's standing offsides. There's nobody else there, and Neuer's still kicking that thing back at him. So when, as Mel said, when you have those chances and you're and you're not being efficient and you're not converting, you know, you can't. You can't win a game like that. Uh, I thought some of the I thought some of the touches were sloppy from uh, from Di Maria. I was probably being a little too lenient on Neymar. Uh, I think the commentator had said, you know, Neymar needs to to find his way back into the game. And I, I took a little offense to that, and I was like, well, you know, he's. I, I feel like he's been in the game, and then my my friend was like, but. What is he? What has he done so far? He doesn't have any shots. He doesn't have any. And I was like, okay, you know, it. it he was right at that point. I was like, yeah, but I w- my ire was really more with Mbappe. I thought that, um, I, I expected more from him. Uh, there were times where I thought he did uh, try to do it all on his own, which sometimes works out for him, but it didn't tonight. Um, we couldn't find him. There were runs that he was making that we that we either had our head down or was too afraid to to try to get it all the way over there. Um, but I think at the end of the day, 
Bayern knew what to expect, and they did what they were supposed to do, and simply we did not. Any time we tried to release Mbappe into space, they had a player there perfectly positioned to cut out the pass and then put us back, you know, on defense again. Uh, looking at the statistics, you know, Bayern Munich had three yellow cards uh, in the by the 56th minute. PSG didn't pick up their second until the 81st, and it was Neymar. So this is a team that definitely had the strategy to come out and be physical, and I think it did play a role you know Mbappe you mentioned a little disappointed in him and I am too if you're going to be the heir apparent to Ronaldo and Messi as the next best thing you got to do a little bit more than that in a Champions League final and I know that his ankle probably isn't a hundred percent and I know Bayern's a really good team but I, I expected him to do a little bit more if you're not getting the ball you know track back and win it and, and start something that way um, so a little disappointed in him but mostly if I had to to say I think Bayern Munich just Put the clamps down on on our superstars, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, I did. Um, how about we answer some questions from Twitter? We got a bunch, um, so we'll leave some time. Got about fifteen minutes before we hit the hour mark here. Um, at PSG News UK, we can just go around maybe a one or two word answer. Tuchel out. We can go with Eddie. What do you think? No. Ty. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a no for me. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mel. No. Okay. James? You're going to get uh, a yes out of someone? No. It's going to have to be a no from me, dog. Okay. Um, we've answered the question about penalty. And then at PSG News UK also wants to know, and I feel like this is good. I think someone said man of the match was someone for Bayern Munich. But if you had to pick the best player on the pitch for PSG, who would it be? Uh, we'll go back around the same way. Eddie, uh, who would be your PSG man of the match? Um, I go with Thiago Silva. I think he, he is arguably one of the better defenders. I think he had one where um, he had one clearance. I'm not sure if it was going in or not, uh, but he had one where, you know, Tiago, um, not Tiago, um, Keira Navas was beat, but he was able to clear the ball off the line, and I'm not sure if it was going in, but it, it was just one of those instances where he looked like, you know, if this is truly is his last game, that he was just going to leave it all out there. And I think, you know, take, just trying to remove the loss, um, he 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 did everything that was asked for and in, in his final appearance. If, if if this is it, yeah, that's a good choice. Ty, who who would be your PSG man of the match? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Navas. Um, it it could be it could have been Thiago also. I think and obviously I know Navas let a goal in, but listen, that was a beautiful ball that was played into the box. It was a beautiful run by by Coman and um, kind of close your eyes and just you know head it in. But I, I guess I'm gonna go fifty fifty. Tiago Silva or or Coman. I think I know what you're talking about, Eddie. It was probably when uh, Coman again came through. I don't. It wasn't on goal. I think they replayed it. And it was going to go out of bounds, but still, you you don't know. You can't take that chance. Um, but when I look at Navas's game, and there was multiple occasions where he made saves where the game could have been, you know, uh, PSG down multiple times early on. So uh, I think it definitely has to be someone from the defensive end. Um, and I, I want to just real quick just say something about Mbappe. So I know we, some people were giving him some flack right now, and James was um, saying that he wasn't tracking back. I, I have to disagree just slightly on that because I think there was a couple times when even the commentators um, announced it where like PSG was almost playing like a back six because Mbappe wasn't so far up the pitch because he ran back so many times to kind of create a line. So the one thing I would disagree with, yes, 
his touch, his finishing was not there today, but the lack of tracking back, I, I definitely have to disagree with. I think PSG definitely tracked back, which honestly kept this game nil-nil for as long as it was. And I think even the commentators um, alluded to it and said, look, Mbappe continues to track back. PSG's almost playing a back six at times. So um, just for you know the banter and the debate, I, that's one point that I think I would personally disagree with I think he did come back where to the point where maybe it hindered us at times because he was so far back that he couldn't get on his horse and get up the pitch at times um but for me man of the match probably Navas or or Silva no that's a, that's a good point and then Mel PSG man of the match man of the match you want to give it to Silva because it's his last match probably um but I would actually give it to Marquinhos I felt like Marquinhos maintained intensity throughout the match I felt like when he needed to come back and drop into center back slots and clear balls, he did that. He was winning balls, uh, battling with the Germans throughout the match, uh, and even had a shot on goal, right? Um, and so for me, it's, it was Marquinhos by a long shot. My donkeys of the match are Paredes and Draxler. Um, you know, we've been looking for a Mata Matuidi break up the play, get it to Verratti, who could turn, have his head up and make excellent passes midfield since we had those three. And he came on board to be a sentinel. And when Marquinhos and Herrera were breaking up play, he just couldn't be that guy that wanted the ball to get it to Neymar and Mbappe. He's never been that. So he's, And he, he showed that he's sort of a flat player. Um, and so he and Draxler are my donkeys of the match. I have to agree with you. Marquinhos was my man of the match for all the reasons that you stated. And then uh, finally, James, who would be your PSG man of the match? Yeah, Ty almost talked me into Navas, um, but my my uh, original thought was Marquinhos for all the reasons that Mel said. No, that was a fair shout for sure. And when, when Mel said it, I thought about it. Um, definitely, definitely a, fra- a fair shout for Marquinhos. All right, this one comes from at Miss... Listen, don't change your man of the match because of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. We got a question from at Miss Wagner fourth. I think she's a fourth grade teacher. So PSG was really starting to play as a complete team with each, with each player understanding and playing their role. I agree with that. Does that mentality continue into the upcoming season with this loss igniting them to work harder? Or do you think this loss will be a setback on the overall team? Uh, Eddie, what do you think? Um, I think it's going to carry over. Like, like everybody said, our, our, um, you know, the season's going to start, like, in a couple of weeks or not even a couple, like, probably a week or two. You know, they're probably going to be given a couple of weeks off to rest. Um, so, but I think, yeah, I think the mentality, the belief in Tuchel's system, you kind of, I think there was times, like, early in his uh, tenure where they might might have been second-guessing or not buying in. But this, you know, run to the Champions League final, I think everybody's going to buy in. Everybody's not going to. I mean, obviously, whatever happened with their Cardi, it's probably the separate um, issue, but I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be buying in um, and everybody's going to know, hey, you know, we have, you know, a task at hand and try try to get back to, to that final. I mean, the only thing that, that I mean, the squad, the mentality, it's all going to be fine. It's just, you know, like we've already touched on, just Byron had more depth. They had more quality players that they can bring off the bench that can, that can have a greater impact. So, I mean, if they can fix that, then... You know, the, but the mentality-wise and, and, you know, buying in what, what Tuco's selling, I think that all can carry over to next season. Absolutely. Ty, are you optimistic for the future, or do you think this is our, our, our last chance at glory here before we blow it all up? No, yeah, listen, I mean, like, I don't want to look too, too far ahead, but at the end of the day, 
listen, due to pandemic and stuff, Neymar and Mbappe aren't going anywhere. So, you know, at minimum, PSG will be back in contention uh, this upcoming season. Now, will the run be as easy? Probably not. Um, this was definitely a great opportunity. But, no, I, I don't think that they'll they'll put their heads down. I think, listen, again, there is no shame. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it hurts. Yes, I'm going to drink more whiskey. Yes, I'm sure a lot of PSG fans are going to drink more alcohol tonight. But there's no shame in losing to this Bayern Munich team 1-0 in a Champions League final. I think, you know, as a lot of us or all of us have been through a lot of heartache, a lot of heartbreak, and just like abysmal defeats, like things that just like you don't want to go online, you don't want to talk to anybody. Um, this wasn't one of them. Listen, they were like margins. You know, I mean, I think there were there were little things that you tweak a hundred percent fit variety, maybe a full season of Icardi finding his way into the team, or maybe Tuchel kind of readdressing how he fits him into the team. Cause he doesn't have faith in him, you know, giving a couple more months for him to find that faith. Um, you know, little things. I, I think that the team sees, Hey, like, listen, we got here, we got to the pinnacle. Like we were literally this close. And I think, you know, one of my best friends is a Liverpool fan, and I think that's a perfect example, right? You saw Liverpool get to the final and lose to to that, that Real Madrid team, but then come back. And it was like, sometimes, I think it was even on CBS Sports, one of the commentators, not today, a, a different time, or somewhere else, where you see a lot of teams that they need to feel that hurt. They need to feel that pain for them to, to kind of take that next step. You know what I mean? So, no, I, I think this was great for Tuchel. Um, in terms of getting the team together, whether I don't know how much he played into that great for the team. And, and I think they'll be back here. And I think, um, you know, hopefully they'll be back here sooner rather than later. Yeah. Next season would be great before we have to deal with the contracts of Neymar and Mbappe. Uh, Mel, what yeah. are you, what are you thinking? Are, are you optimistic about the future or major changes need to happen? No, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think not only about Liverpool tie as a great example, but also Bayern Munich themselves. When you think about some of the finals that they've lost and the heartbreaking way in which they've lost them, um, losing to Chelsea, losing to Manchester United, um, I think they have another loss in there somewhere. I'm not a Bayern Munich fan, so I don't track their pain, only my own. Well, no, all those losses to Real Madrid in the semifinals, I'm pretty sure all of them, they've been, you know, they, they've endured that pain. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's about uh, institutional commitment and vision. Uh, but, Ed, you make a great point which is, you know, if we were on the brink of losing Lewandowski and, um, and Muller and, and, and uh, some of their better players, um, you might be thinking differently, right? So next year is very important. Um, it's very important in terms of how we envision managing this midfield. Um, and it's very important in terms of, you know, is this the last cut at a Champions League win upon which you can build with Mbappe and Neymar and, and some of our superstars. Because I think if we get one under our belt, then you've, you're, you're in with the shout to keep the players and say, let's keep this thing going. Right? But if we don't get one, um, then you know, the question is, stay for what? Right? We don't have a winning legacy. So, um, you know, yes, this was a missed opportunity, but I remain optimistic uh, particularly because of what we have in place and certainly for next year. Yeah. Dare I say this upcoming season is the last dance, maybe a Netflix documentary. No, don't do that. 
into that. I think one thing I will touch on, I think yeah. Jonathan uh, Johnson actually mentioned it, is like if that Coleman goal doesn't cause PSG to look internally, you know, I think he said verbatim, quote unquote, their leaky academy and just letting players go. I mean, that's the only thing that makes the, this worse. Right, like if if it was Lewandowski or anybody else, but like someone that we brought up, someone that retrained and he grew in our academy. Um, it's the first time I believe that a, a player has scored a goal against the team that they used to be with in a final, right? Jesus, I don't, even right. Wanna, I don't even care if that's a stat. I don't even <laughs> want to hear it. Um, but they definitely need to address that. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, that that definitely hurts watching someone that you raised, you know, do that. And this was the first. Champions League semifinals where every team had a former PSG player in it. Um, a lot of the other questions are stuff that we kind of have already talked about. And so I kind of want to go around one more time. Any parting thoughts that you want to share? And then I can wrap it up here at the end. So we'll we'll start with um, Eddie. You go first and then we'll go around. Um, I think everybody just has to find their way to cope with this loss, whether it's all of us drinking or or what have you, um, but just you know, the season starts. That's the good part. Is the season starts already. The league one already, or the league one season already started. So, um, you know, the, the loss won't sting, or won't be. You know, it, it's not going to sting that much as we got to turn everything around and we can focus on everything else. But um, I mean, I, I guess what I guess once once I take a look back, it it is something to be proud of to finally cross through and break through, so that we can finally, I guess put to rest some of those I guess you know quote unquote curses or jinxes or whatever granted yes it was during a pandemic and there was only one you know it's only one match but still I think you just they just need to see that they're capable of getting through the the round of 16 quarterfinals um semifinals um uh you know it's not gonna make a loss anymore or it's not gonna it's not gonna sting less but um when you do take a look back it's like okay you know, they, they've seen that they can get through all these hurdles. Um, it's just hopefully they have the, the hunger and the motivation you know, from this loss to, to, to pursue it, uh, you know, have another crack at it, um, you know, this season. Absolutely. Well said. Ty, any parting thoughts from tonight? No. Can you guys hear me? Sorry, I'm, my computer's about to die. You're good. We can hear you. Um, no, but no, no additional thoughts, man. Just it's painful. It hurts. Um, I just can't wait for the new season to start. I'm glad it started already. I, I can't really kind of. I think I'll go crazy if I have to sit around too long and kind of endure this. Um, but that's it, man. No, nothing for for the guys. Just you know, take this, learn from it, grow from it, take the disappointment, the hunger, uh, and just you know, kind of tell yourself like we have to get better, and I just can't wait to get back. That's it. And uh, Mel, final thoughts on tonight? Yeah, tonight was uh, was about the margins. And in every area, Bayern Munich was slightly more professional, slightly more mature, slightly more ready. And, you know, that's why we lost one nothing for the season coming up. It's not about the margins. It's about the midfield. And... You know, we have to be we have to have an answer to the question if Marco Baratti goes down or Marco Baratti isn't healthy, what is our midfield engine and answer? And so while today was about the margins, I am focused and I hope Tuchel is focused on the midfield for next year. And thank God we don't have a long summer 
where we can hear about Neymar going to Barcelona or wherever else. We're just going to get right back into it. And finally, James, thoughts on tonight? Yeah, I think uh, I think Mel hit it for me. Uh, I'm glad the season starts because you know the you don't get to linger in what happened tonight. You don't get to have the rumors. You don't get to have uh, people in uh, various players' ear trying to talk to them about why it's better in other places. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick said it next or said it best. We're on to Cincinnati. So I don't know who we're playing next, but it's coming up quick. We don't have time to sulk. So I hope they they're able to, you know, they get to be sad and mope around a bit for 24 hours. But with games coming up quick, there is competition. Uh, you can't let this turn into a four-game skid at the beginning of the season because you're feeling sorry for yourself. You still have to be professional. You still have a job uh, that you're supposed to do. And ultimately, every day, you want to get better. So thank God for the season. It'll start quick, yeah. and we get to just we just get to move on. And with every passing day, hopefully we'll get better, and we'll remember this the next time we're in a Champions League trying to come out at the top of the mountain. It's on to Lons. I think that's uh, the next game we play. Real quick, before I give my parting thoughts, I uh, just wanted to read out. I saw Get French Football News just tweeted out, and I retweeted it. Uh, Gianluca Di Marzio, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but he's reporting on Sky right now that there is talk, there is talk in quotes, that Tuchel's PSG adventure is coming to an end, and if that's the case, the club will target Max Allegri. So a little bit of breaking news about 15 minutes ago. We'll have a podcast about that. We'll talk about that later. But I, I kind of just wanted to talk about moving forward. You guys summed it up perfectly, what PSG needs to do in terms of additions, you know, the midfield, looking ahead to next season. But from a supporter's point of view, they, like we said, there's nothing to be ashamed about. And I think tomorrow, if, if you're a PSG, PSG supporter, wear your jersey, you know, wear your scarf, you know, be proud of this team. People call PSG fans plastic. They say, you know, oil money, whatever. There's there's going to be memes all over Twitter. And, you know, it's really easy to support a club when they win everything, like Liverpool and, and Bayern Munich. And it's a lot more difficult to support a team when they have downs like this. And we've had a lot of downs the past few years. And I, I can't promise you that it's going to get better. But the thing that we can do as supporters is wear our colors, support the team, get behind whatever they're doing, and, and march forward. And so... I just I hope that PSU fans wear their Mbappe, wear your Neymar jerseys, um, and just, just be proud of the team. It's been a hell of a season. They they still won four trophies this season, and that's not an accomplishment that should be dismissed. We would have all loved one more, the big one. It didn't happen, but as they say, you know, next year is another season, and we'll see what happens. I think we've got a really good chance. All the players are coming back, so we'll give another run. And with that, I think we can go ahead and get out of here. Um, you can find me at PSG Talk on Twitter. We're going to have this podcast up soon. We'll have a lot more content. Um, we'll go back around. Eddie, how can people find you on Twitter? Um, yeah, uh, my username is underscore Eddie Razo. And as Ed said, check out the website because as soon as you know, I eat my, my sadness away, I have to do the post-game stuff that is already kind of trickling out from like the French media outlets. So just yeah. tonight, tomorrow morning, um, a lot of stuff is going to be written. 
Absolutely. We probably need to get something on that Allegri rumor. Uh, Ty, how can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, um, at Ty Pound sign as well. And then something to look forward to. Uh, me and the team have been working on um, some fun stuff regarding PSG fans. So that should be up relatively soon as well. Fantastic. Yeah, a little bit about fandom and all of us here at PSG Talk. So look forward to that. And then, uh, James, how can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Teague13 on Twitter. Fantastic. And then, Mel, finally, are you still, you're on Twitter still, right? I am. You can find me at, at, at I am Mel Brennan on Twitter. Uh, and Ed is right. Only, only where you're psg stuff out when we lose so that people know how you represent and then when we win you can lay back in the cut we always wear your stuff out when we lose right so that you get the credit when we win absolutely if you wear your stuff tomorrow and take a picture send it to me i will retweet it let people know we are still out here and we're showing up so again thank you for listening this has been psg talking thank you everyone this is the most people we've had on a podcast and i think it went really well so we'll do it again soon and the games are coming sooner than we can imagine so uh, we'll have more stuff to talk about thank you all and we'll catch you next time